was um, mostly in a chasing state before. And I think when you're in a chasing state, uh, stars don't line up. You don't meet the people you're supposed to. You're, you're maneuvering on a lower frequency. Um, you're in the subtle fight or flight, right? And so it doesn't matter if we're talking about, uh, you know, career or uh, dating. And I think that you have to be in an attracting state. And I think in order to do that, um, you can't be lying with desperation. So like going back to what you were saying, um, mm. focusing on your career. And, and I think this is where, you know, the whole dating yourself came from. And I think there's truth to it. When you're focusing on your life, because um, under the umbrella of life, your romantic relationship is just one piece, right? I mean, it's a big piece, but it, it, it's not your whole life. And so as you're focusing on your life and creating a life and connecting to yourself and getting to like yourself and all of that, you go from a chasing state to an attracting state. Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in to Pave Your Paradise podcast. I feel happy and grateful to have you joining me. If you're new here, I'm Mandy Ross, host of this amazing space for you to up-level your relationships, your health, your business, and your life. And I'd love to know how you're feeling today. What's on your heart and mind? Send me what has you feeling stuck and what topics you want me to cover on the podcast and also which episodes you absolutely love. I create these episodes to try and help you guys, so I'd love your feedback. Please let me know by sharing on your posts and stories and tagging me at Mandy J. Ross and Pave Your Paradise. I feel excited to have a Patreon page and feel thrilled to serve you even more through it. If you want tips, techniques, and tools for your personal development toolbox to connect with me for online yoga, meditation, and coaching, plus be supporting my mission to uplift others through my podcast, YouTube videos, and content, please visit www.patreon.com slash Mandy J. Ross. Boom! And now I feel thrilled to feature a special guest, John Kim, aka The Angry Therapist. John is a licensed therapist, coach, author, and blogger. Many of you have reached out about relationships, dating, being single, and how to be a champion in your love life, so I'm happy to bring you a leading expert on these. And y'all know how passionate I feel about intimate connections and relationships. John Kim is a licensed therapist who, after going through a divorce, pioneered the online life coaching movement. This led to him to working with teens struggling with addiction in a nonprofit. There, after learning that the common thread was no one had a dad, we live in a fatherless nation, he discovered his passion to create a dialogue about men. 
John started a blog called The Angry Therapist and built a devoted following of fans who love the frank and authentic insights that he freely shared on social media. He became known as an unconventional therapist who worked out of the box by seeing clients at coffee shops, on hikes, and in a CrossFit box. John went on to build a coaching team of his own and launched a sister company called JRNI and created a new way to help people help people and change the way we change. So John is a well-versed in the relationship world and when his team reached out to be honest, he wasn't really on my radar. I started following his social media posts, however, and after experiencing his direct and unique approach... I knew I had to have him on the show for you. Because of his background and personal and love life journey of transformation, he's full of insight and inspiration. He's someone who I appreciate and respect for what he's creating in the world. I want to continue bringing on guests that will help you, inspire you, and empower you. And John Kim is a breathing, living, walking example of paving your own path to paradise. We dive deep in this episode on his journey of completely reinventing himself, how you can radically change your love life, navigating the dating world in modern times, the keys necessary to develop high-value relationships, how to stop repeating the relationship patterns that keep holding you stuck, how to respond versus not reacting, what it means to be single on purpose, open relationships, and so many other inspiring topics. So I hope you all enjoy this interview as much as I did with John Kim. All right, everyone. I am so excited to have John Kim, aka The Angry Therapist, on Pave Your Paradise podcast today. John, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm a little bit sleep deprived. I just had a child. Uh, I, well, I didn't technically have the child, but uh, <laughs> a child has entered my life. And, you know, they say the first two weeks is survival. So I'm in that tunnel. Now, when you say recently, you're saying like two weeks, two weeks in. Yeah, like uh, just uh, 14 days ago. Wow. And is this your first child? First child. I'm 46 years old. Ah. I did the math. I'm going to be um, the 64-year-old that her friends call grandpa when I'm picking her up from high school. Well, I will say I did before the interview creep your Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I've seen you and your partner and y'all do not look that old. (laughs) Yeah. It's well, you know, uh, uh, angles and filters. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you guys look really useful and I know we're going to get into a lot of different topics today but you'll definitely have to share some secrets with our audience I actually am not about filters and stuff so I don't know what you're seeing but um, everything is creeping in like wrinkles and you know all of that stuff I'm trying to accept it grow grow uh, uh, age gracefully as they say Age gracefully, yes. I'm all about the vibes here on Pave Your Paradise podcast. So I was referring more to the youthfulness of your spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, if you're (laughs) talking about that, then I will always be 12. Aw, I love it. Inner child. Okay, let's dive right in. What was the first thing you did when you woke up this morning? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. Um, The first thing I did was... um, I mean, speaking of my child, um, put on one of those, uh, it's like a, a pouch that you wear and then you could put the, the, the child inside your pouch and you feel kind of like a, a kangaroo. So, um, 
that was my that's my morning routine. Put that on and make coffee. Oh wow! I, I'm all for the master morning routines. I love that you shared that. And aside from work and obviously your new little one, what gets you up in the morning, John? You know, I so my mornings are probably like you. They're uh, magical for me. I get up at about five a.m. and uh, it's just my creative space. You know, before the emails and the text and all that, I like sitting down and being with myself and my thoughts, and I just start journaling. Mm, beautiful. I'm I'm a big fan of journaling as well and intention setting from the get go. Yeah. And what's been a highlight of your week so far? Oh man, um, the highlight of uh, the highlight of my week. Uh, I guess it would be um, I'm, I'm creating this new um, app called Twirl. It's going to be the first uh, non swiping. Uh, you have to show yourself on video app, and so. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the birth of an idea and um, trying to, to make that happen, you know, building the bus while you, you're driving it is, uh, it's always so um, invigorating for me. So this week, uh, working on that project has been uh, uh, pretty amazing. And being that we're focusing this podcast on being single on purpose, which is a big uh, a theme of the work that you are creating in this world. And for those of the audience out there who, who might not be familiar with your work, would you please share some of your background and story and the journey that you've been on to get to where you are today? Sure, absolutely. Uh, 10 years ago, went through a divorce. Uh, changed careers, and then it was at a very low point in my life. Um, I was a struggling screenwriter in Hollywood, um, grew up in LA, and it just didn't feel honest to me anymore. And I felt like I was chasing shiny things. I was uh, miserable. Uh, marriage was falling apart. And so I kind of started all over, uh, went back to school at 35, got my master's, decided to become a therapist after um, processing it with my own therapist. And he was like, what do you want to do if you can't uh, write screenplays? And I said, I want to do what you're doing. And that kind of was the first domino um, of a very long journey. Um, but after my divorce, I, I uh, started a blog called The Angry Therapist. And I didn't think anyone would read it. It was on Tumblr. And it was just uh, something I did for fun and for myself. Um, and I, I think people kind of thought it was interesting that a therapist started to practice um, transparency. And so because I thought not, you know, no one would read it. I, I started to talk about my feelings and uh, my struggles, and that I was going through a, a you know, a, a broken heart. And at the time, uh, since I was going through my rebirth, I uh, got into motorcycles and got some tattoos, and and I started to discover things like CrossFit. And so I, I started documenting, and um, I think people thought it was interesting um, that a therapist was actually showing himself. Yeah, I feel like that time of, of life, too, is kind of like that core. I like to call it the quarter life analysis yeah. <laughs> rather than uh, anything right. else, right. <laughs> a crisis. So from there, tell me how how has this journey evolved for you and especially focused around that dating yourself, that concept? Yeah, so from there, um, actually practicing uh, this idea of connecting to myself, um, you know, and although I was helping a lot of clients do that, uh, I, I wasn't doing it myself. And so I started to explore what that looks like. And that looked like a lot of um, alone time, uh, a lot of uh, resistance, um, a lot of uh, meals and movies. And, and, you know, it's like they say, like the whole dating yourself thing, um, which, which I, I sometimes can find cheesy because so many people say that. But 
uh, I, I started to go on a journey of discovering who I was and um, learning to like myself. Mm, that's a really beautiful point that you brought up there. I know a lot of people do think it's kind of corny when you say, oh, go date yeah. yourself. But I think it's so much deeper than that. And, you know, I've realized, too, in, in my life, and I'm sure it sounds like you've been on the same type of journey. And, and I think so many people listening out there, too, can relate to that, where a lot of times when you're searching for, quote, unquote, the one, you're actually just looking for yourself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're if you're kind of in a dark place or if you don't know yourself, then you know the person that you, that you're looking for is, is there's there's going to be um, ambiguity. And mo most of the time, I think I think we uh, subconsciously draw people in um, that uh, that are not healthy for us. You know, based on our old patterns from the past. It's funny because I was having this conversation yesterday about dating, and I knew that you and I were doing our interview today. And this whole concept too of like, I love that you're, you're creating a new app just because I was speaking with someone yesterday about uh, this concept of, you know, how dating has changed so much, even in the last few years with these swipe yeah. apps and these dating apps. And it's interesting too, because I think like I, personally speaking, I see like finding people on social media a little bit like connecting with people on social media a little bit different than these specific right. dating apps. And that can be a good or a bad thing because at least with the dating apps, you know, you're going on there seeking something more than just a friend, I guess. But at the same time with, with the dating apps, a lot of times you still don't know someone's true intention. And so even though you, and that's the thing, like I, and this is where the point that I'm getting to with all of this is, in a lot of these situations, it's not about what I want versus what you want being right or wrong. It's about, is it compatible? Because you might be going on a dating app and your intention might just be to hook up, but somebody else might go on the same dating app and actually want something substantial or want a long-term relationship that's committed and all these things. But a lot of these dating apps, unfortunately, don't allow, I mean, there are like, you know, they'll have... Uh, I'm not well versed in the dating apps myself, but I'm sure there are ones out there that in depth kind of ask you about what it is you're looking for, some of them at least, and sort of filling that out. But I'd love to know more about this dating app that you're coming out with in, in sort of helping people to be able to connect with one another in a more evolved, uh, more enlightened way, I yeah, would say. Um, absolutely. Um, and can I just mention, you know, it's not like I just sit in a room and come up with ideas. Um, it has to spark something in me that comes from truth. So uh, back when I was on my uh, therapist journey, I, I, I felt very frustrated with the whole um, the board of the therapist and what a therapist should look like. And, and that that's partly why um, I, I started journey coaching, which is a, you know, an online intensive. And, and I thought that was a better way to help people help people. And so that came from scratching an itch or a fire in my belly. And uh, this dating app is the same thing where it's like my clients, uh, I noticed, and mostly women in their thirties, uh, totally frustrated with the dating landscape. Um, you know, the dick pics and the ghosting and, uh, people hiding behind their phones. And I think that um, mm -hmm. people just become baseball cards, you know, and 
I, I actually think Instagram is a better dating app than say Tinder because at least on Instagram you can scroll and you could you could people are more transparent on Instagram. Like you could actually see, you know, uh, videos and like what they like and who they are. So you could actually see, you know, the movie of them instead of uh, something like like Tinder where you're just swiping instantly on you know someone's body or filtered face and you know and it's like, okay i'm gonna full it i'm full disclosure here because <laughs> that's all i do on on pypp but i've actually never even been on mm. tinder <laughs> so i i have lots of friends who have told me um we'll we'll call it interesting stories that they've had or experiences well, are you are you um, with tinder are or some of these are you single oh that's a good question wow you're making me blush well, john i gotta turn the table <laughs> i'm i <laughs> sorry I turn the table on on you <laughs> i i am not in a relationship okay. right now and then have your dating experiences been um good uh or have they been also like you know i have spent the majority of my adulthood in longer term yes. committed relationships got it yeah. yeah so i right now i'm in a position where i will be totally forthright whether it's with you or the audience listening out there because i love 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 my paper paradise podcast listeners uh, I'm, I would say right now is not a primary time in my life where relationships like that quadrant of, you know, the big fours, I'm really vested in putting my mm -hmm. energy into because I'm so, I'm so into my professional sure. work, uh, work laser focus right now. So I'm going to be very transparent, but that being said, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast because I certainly would like to to meet my quote unquote mm -hmm. life partner. And that's why I think there's so many nuggets of wisdom that I can take away, but also the audience can take away. And, and that's really what I would love for you to share is like, you're telling us about your experience and sharing your journey and your frustration. And I love that you're being so transparent about it because you've done the full circle effect where look at you now, like you have a beautiful relationship with your partner and you guys just had, you know, the most, beautiful blessing come to you, which is a baby. So I'd love to know how, how you personally got from point A to B. Um, I find that, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in our state, uh, meaning um, I'm not talking about California. I'm just talking about our, our you know, dropping into our body. <laughs> and I was um, mostly in a chasing state before. And I think when you're in a chasing state, uh, stars don't line up. You don't meet the people you're supposed to. You're, you're maneuvering on a lower frequency. Um, you're in the subtle fight or flight, right? And so it doesn't matter if we're talking about, uh, you know, career or uh, dating. And I think that you have to be in an attracting state. And I think in order to do that, um, you can't be lined with desperation. So like going back to what you were saying, um, mm. focusing on your career. And, and I think this is where, you know, the whole dating yourself came from. And I think there's truth to it. When you're focusing on your life, because um, under the umbrella of life, your romantic relationship is just one piece, right? I mean, it's a big piece, but it's, it's not your whole life. And so as you're focusing on your life and creating a life and connecting to yourself and getting to like yourself and all of that, you go from a chasing state to an attracting state. And that's why people say that uh, when I'm not looking is when they come. It's because when you're not looking, you're mm. actually focusing on something else that's 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 not desperately looking for something. And I think uh, a lot of people make the mistake of, I got to find my one. There's a ticking clock, um, you know, whatever it is. 
And because of that, they're, they're setting themselves into a, a chasing state, hence flipping their magnet. Oh my goodness. Oh, John, I'm getting goosebumps just from you talking about this. I literally have been watching uh, a series of videos by this one quote unquote, like energy sort of spiritual, um, mm -hmm. I guess, guru on YouTube. I'm not going to say the name, but he's all about this chasing and the energetic state you're talking about. So it's so like divine timing that you're diving into this with me today. I would love to go a little bit deeper in this because I think you bang on have it and it's just so resonant. And I think so many people can relate to that. It's like what you lack in your life, you, you have the power and control to either be in that low vibrational state of chasing. And it's as simple as this. And it's such a, it's such a simple metaphor for people out there listening to think about, but think of a dog. When you run towards a dog, 99.9% .9 of the time, that dog runs yeah. away from you. Now, when you, when you do the opposite, when you run away from that dog, that dog starts chasing you. And it's not to say you want to obviously run away from people who you want to attract, but I think, I think the, the imagery there is, is what you're speaking on more so, which is when you focus on being the best version of yourself, and that looks like you know focusing on your, your purpose, focusing on your work, focusing on your health, focusing on your well-being, focusing on you know uh, other relationships, mm -hmm. you know your family and your friends and all those things in your life and, and and just self-care, all those things that make you the best version of you, you're not actively chasing someone, that's when that person can then enter your higher vibration. Sure, and, and it doesn't mean that you're um, you know, just sitting on the couch crossing fingers. I think that um, if you are single and you want a partner, you do have to put some action behind it. So. Um, you, you yes, know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you so have to be important. social. You should flirt. You should announce not only to yourself but to the world that you are, you know, setting the attention and looking for um, whatever you're looking for—a life partner or, or whatever. Um, now, what do you mean by that? Because I think that in itself is where some people they don't want to come across as uh, like I. And again, this is going back to. Um, for me, like what comes up in my mind, and I'd love your insight. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on sort of the whole feminine masculine mm. energy. Because I think for some people, especially women who are listening, I think it's, it's, it can be very challenging, especially with the whole shift of energy surrounding female empowerment and, and the uh, Me Too movement and all this stuff going on, how to really like hone in on the, the masculine versus feminine. And also on the other end of the spectrum where you're at as a, as a man, I think like there's also the opposite effect of, of all of this female empowerment on the man side of things. So can you talk a little bit about like masculine feminine energy and, and how that yeah, might Yeah, I mean, I, we all have masculine and feminine energy. I think it's important to not allow the external, whether it is, you know, a movement that's happening or uh, stuff on social media or, or whatever's happening in the world um, to affect your truth. Because um, depending on the climate, someone can, uh, you know, uh, not tap into their masculine or feminine energy because they feel like they shouldn't, right? Or because they're afraid to. Um, I think that you really have to kind of uh, tap into uh, what energy feels honest to you. And it, I think it's also like an equalizer where there's like, you know, treble, bass, and tone, and you kind of have to play with it. 
um, until you find the, the right pitch, you know, until you find what, what feels right for you. So if you do like someone and, and say you're female and you feel that, uh, uh, because of society or old blueprints that you shouldn't ask a guy out, but you actually like someone and that feels honest to you, then I think you should do what's honest to you. Oh, I love that you brought that up because I think for a lot of women, there is that question in their mind of, and, and also going back to, and this is why I brought this whole masculine feminine thing up in the first place, which is what you mentioned prior to this point, which is letting people know that you're available, letting people know that you're single. How can you do that in a way so that you actually don't come across as needy or desperate? And also now with this new point that you brought up, how can people go after one another without it feeling like it's chasing? Because like in your mind, you yeah. almost, yeah. you know what I mean? It's that like that balance. So how, how I can think you that navigate it leaks that? organically if you're not putting pressure on yourself to think about it. So, you know, you don't have to go into a room and announce it or, you know, um, wear a t-shirt that says I'm single. But if your intention and the conversations you have with yourself is that, yes, I am looking for someone and I'm curious about people and I want to meet, you know, as many people as I can, um, I think it's going to come out of you. I think it's going to come out of you, whether it's your energy, uh, through words, through um, body language. Um, it's just going to leak if it's your truth. You know, if you tell yourself that you want to, uh, say, start a business or a startup or an app or whatever, and you're obsessed with it. As you're out, you know, in the world, you're going to have those conversations. You're going to gravitate toward people who are talking about that. You're going to go to those kind of meetups and all that. And I think it's the same with um, being single and dating. You know, I don't think there needs to be like this announcement and then knowing, you know, like how to present yourself um, because then you get in your head. I think um, the announcement is eternal and you allow that to leak outward. And for anyone out there who's listening right now who is looking to find that that special person in their lives to share with what would your best advice or words of wisdom be if they are feeling i know like the initial thing might be scarcity mindset but if they are mm -hmm. say a social person and say they they are putting themselves out there being friendly flirting you know not overly you know chasing anyone or whatnot like what's your best advice for clients who come to you per se who are quote unquote doing all the right things or trying to better themselves, but they're just not finding that person. Like what, what would you do or what would you say to them or ask them or have them do to accelerate or to help yeah, so that the, process? You know, the, 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 the macro, the, the big North star would be, um, get a life or build a life or focus on your life. So one of the things I do is I put a bookmark there, uh, and now talk about other areas of their lives. And it turns out, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of friends or they're not happy at work. They're miserable or, you know, there's other holes in their life container that I think um, maybe they should work on simultaneously as, you know, they're looking for, for someone. I, I actually don't believe in like, okay, you're not ready yet. So you need to fix this about your life before you date because, um, it's like having children, you know, I mean, when, when are you ever going to be ready? And no one's also perfect. We're always evolving, growing, and learning. So I think that as you look for love and put that out there, you have to um, work on all the parts of your life that you would work on, even if you were in a relationship or you weren't like, it's not, you know, it's not dependent on the other. Right. And I think a lot of people don't feel that they could um, work on those parts until they find their one. So it's like, once I find my, my one, 
Mm, so it's one yeah, band and camp I think that's, or the other. Um, a lot of waiting and frustration. And also you're putting a lot of chips, a lot of pressure on finding the one. So you you know, it's like it's like it's like diff- different pistons pumping. And so uh make sure your all the pistons of your engine are pumping so your your life is moving forward and finding love is just one of the pistons, right? So um what are you doing to connect to your body? You know, what are you doing to produce joy in the world? What are you building that's meaningful? Um, do you hate your job? You know, are you sick of punching the clock and you want to punch this guy? Well, what are you doing about that? All of those stuff, um, I think it, it, it'll get you to start painting um, a whole life, a life that is uh, going to be something that you want to share with someone else instead of putting all that on hold and then waiting for you to find someone. And then once you find someone, then you're going to start working on all, all these other things. Well, I'm curious then when you're saying all these things, and thank you for sharing those questions people can you know ask themselves at home when would you say is not a time to ever be looking um i think that if you are uh just really miserable and happy or if you have just gotten out of a relationship and you need to, need to heal and if you're trying to start a new relationship because uh you're just used to jumping from one lily pad to another or you you want to be with someone um just to be with someone then you're doing the other person a disservice and also the chances of that relationship uh not not lasting is very high you know so you what can people ask themselves like what question because mm-hmm. i'm all about mindset i'm all about like how how do you how can you dive deeper within to actually know how do you know like how do you know when you're actually because I know you just said, well, you know. Well, one um, question would be, what do you bring into the table? It, I think we're obsessed with wanting things and having a checklist. And, and you know, I want this guy to be 6'2 and, and this and that and <laughs> drive that. But, like, flip flip the script. What do you bring to the table? And you've got to be really honest with yourself. And if you're like, mm. well, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you know, I got to work on – because it, it kind of puts a black light to what you need to work on when you ask yourself what you're bringing to the table. And, you know, you may say, like, you know what, I'm hot and I'm bringing, you know, a nice ass and this and oh, great. That That's great. But what else are you bringing to the table that's going to make you like you, you know? Totally. Totally. Oh, I love that you said that because I, I am a firm believer that – ultimately you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not talking about the initial, like literally just physical attraction. I mean, literally, like if you have that expectation, if that's the person you want, you need to be that person first. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how uh, you bring more to the table. Cause if you're just thinking about it and you're, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I plan mm-hmm. to swim there, but I'm not there yet. I'm not going to go until I find my person. Then there's, it's going to be lopsided. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want to dive a little bit deeper so that the audience can get to know you a little bit more. Uh, and we'll, we'll pertain this more to relationships because that's, that's one of your fortes. So or what do you wish you'd known when you first started um, the, out, John? The, the biggest revelation I had, think I had in the last two years is that um, you've got to swim past the breakers. And so what I mean by this is when I uh, was in my 20s and 30s, um, I thought love meant uh, the light, lightning in the bottle, you know, um, seeing someone across the room locking eyes. And it's like, that's, that's it right there. Uh, having someone knock your knee high socks off, you know, all of that. And then I learned that that's probably if it's that potent, it's probably dysfunction, you know? And so, Ooh, yeah, I, really? 
Okay, let, tell me, yeah, let's dive into that a little bit more. I like that you said that. I, it definitely piqued well, I mean, my there, curiosity. There are these, what do you mean um, by that? these types, and they, they attract, uh, you know, I, I call it predator prey. Um, and I don't mean predator like dateline. I mean, like, um, if, you, if, you, uh, if you have addiction in your blood, you know, uh, there's a guy. And- mm. So could that, could, could just an example of that be like empath, narcissist uh, sure. type Absolutely. of dynamic? That's one dynamic. Um, addiction, Al-Anon, that whole dynamic. Um, a lot of dynamics where uh, part of it mm. is wiring, part of it is, um, you know, the environment you grew up in. And there's a lot of stuff happening underneath that we're not aware of. And we think we're attracted to someone because, you know, they have pretty eyes. But there's stuff happening underneath that is just a, a instinctual pull uh, that's coming from um, dysfunction, coming from, um, you know, your childhood, coming from uh, the, the whole uh, if something was taken from you, you know, and it wired you a certain way. And then you meet someone who's um, – an addict or charismatic or or predator or whatever, um, there's going to be attraction there. You know what I'm saying? So how can someone safeguard themselves? I know there's no, there's no, you know, a hundred percent solution, but how can one, because if someone out there is going, well, oh my gosh, I, I always have this pattern of attracting this type or whatever. Like how can, yeah, exactly. Right. Especially I'm sure you as a therapist hear it like more than the average person as well. So how can someone. Well, the good news is I I think as we have these experiences and most of them come, you know, in our younger years, right. Twenties and and maybe early thirties, as we kind of turn the corner and we, we, get thirsty for something more healthy and sustainable, our radar uh, gets sharper, you know, like, like today at 46, I could probably eat one and a half donuts. Um, when I was 26, I could inhale a dozen, you know, like my, my taste buds have come completely changed, right? Yeah, like your yeah, threshold for that it's the as same well. With our, our love buds in that um, what you what you were, uh, what you <laughs> oh, were that's so cute. <laughs> I love sorry. No, I just I love that term. Your love buds. Um, <laughs> when you grow, starts to repel you. You know, you get like you start to have more non-negotiables. You have less tolerance. Uh, when you were in your twenties, you probably did a lot of things. Maybe you had sex because you wanted uh, uh, someone to like you, and maybe today um, that sex only comes with uh, commitment or whatever. You know, so like as you change, um, your, your, your radar gets sharper and what you're willing to negotiate changes. And hopefully you put action behind that. You hold that with two hands and then ultimately you set yourself up for a new love experience. That's going to eclipse the old. Now, the problem is as you get into your new love experience, um, because it's new and doesn't feel like the old and it's not sticky and because it may be healthy, you may find it boring. You may find it, um, you, you may resist it, right? You may be like, eh, I don't know if this is the one, whatever. Um, and this is what I mean by swimming past the breakers. You have to swim past that where you actually wake up one day and you're like, oh, this is actually really good. This is actually really healthy. And then I think if you stay in that long enough, then your, your wiring changes to where you now are really attracted to healthy when before you weren't. I love that philosophy. Most people don't swim past the breakers. Most people, when they're not Uh, feeling it, blame it on chemistry, blame it on, you know, "Eh, he's boring or whatever. And then so what they do is they just, um, they they repeat patterns and the only thing that changes are faces, right? And they they constantly date the same type and then they're frustrated that they can't find quote unquote the one. Oh my goodness. That's so true. I love it. I love it. Okay, John, what do you swear by? again, let's just keep it pertain to relationships, but what do you swear by in your daily habits 
for success. And I mean, in, in all fairness, like obviously you can, you can pertain it to yourself being the relationship with yourself. Man, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this question with, um, um, my experience with relationships with other people. And I think, um, okay. One of the things is, uh, and this is really hard to do, but if you can do it and your partner can do it, oh my God, it's going to save so many fights. Um, try to understand before trying to be understood. So uh, I grew up mostly in my 20s trying to be understood instead of trying to understand. And so I didn't create a space uh, for empathy. I didn't create a space for people to be heard. I would steamroll people and make it about me. There were a lot of fights and... Um, you know, a lot of anger and all of that. Um, and then once I started working on myself and of course, you know, went to therapy school and, and did my own work on, on me, ther- uh, therapy and all that, uh, I realized that there's so much power in relationships if you could tr- just try to understand before trying to be understood. And if two people are doing that, um, it creates such a safe space and it produces glue. Like guards are down, you know, there's no defensiveness. Um, it's it's kind of like love in a higher form, and I think most of us are just defensive and, and, and argumentative and trying to trying to trying to prove our point in relationships. Absolutely, it's it's so true. It makes me think when you were talking. It definitely made me think of the a common saying, which is, "Do you want to be right, right, or do you want to make things right?" It's kind of that same like you know philosophy and approach to others. And I think, you know, intimately, obviously that can really, as you said, save yourself a lot of time and energy um, and save your relationship really at the end of the day. But I think it doesn't just have to be intimate. I mean, I think that in itself, just having that awareness of being able to understand someone before you put your own under them understanding you it really does. That, that will change yeah, your life. Yeah, and it shouldn't just be about you your relationship. With. It should be across the board in everything. You know, um, I mean, one of the the, mm-hmm. the greatest, um, most powerful places for me that that helps is in in startups. You know, I'm a part of, I'm a co-founder in a few startups, and uh, working with teams and 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 ha- people having different um, creative voices and all of that, where you're only one cook, um, you know, among many in the kitchen. And you really have to try to understand if you want to be a team player. So um, unless you want to, you know, run a company with an iron fist, which no one likes and, and, and have people not like you, um, trying to understand before trying to be understood is just a general rule with all humans. Mm, absolutely. I'm so curious to ask you, especially being a relationship expert, what is a big hurdle or a limiting belief that either you're still trying to get over or mm, you wow. have overcome? Um, I have to think about that. But I, I want to say one uh, one quick thing. You know, I, I kind of don't like the word relationship expert. Um, I know technically on paper you can say that I am because I'm a licensed therapist and, and I've helped many with relationships. But I don't, I don't think that anyone is um, perfect or a, an expert in their relationship. I think we're all doing the best we can, you know, depending on our story and also you, you, mm. you could, you could have come a long way and you fall into some relationship and there's a lot of triggers and snap back, you know, um, hopefully you come back from there. But we, we, as humans, we're not like light switches where we're like, you know, now we're good forever. Um, it's a dance. And I think every relationship, um, there, there is no expert, you know, we're always just growing, learning and doing the best we can. 
and, and that includes myself. Mm. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. I mean, some people appreciate that term. Um, I always say I'm in the same band camp as, as you in mm -hmm. that I think we're all a masterpiece, sure. yet a work well, in progress at the same time. So was, I only said um, it as a compliment. The, I, mean, I had to uh, insert that, but what was the question again? Oh, the question was, I'm really curious as to what a personal hurdle and or limiting belief is that you're either working through mm. right now or that God, you've overcome. I think for me, um, I used to be very reactive. So uh, this is more of a personal hurdle than a limited belief, but uh, in relationships, um, trying to respond instead of react. Uh, I, I was very reactive back in my 20s and 30s, and now I try to put uh, an emotional speed bump and actually uh, take a pause. And you know, I, I don't really yell anymore. I used to yell all the time, and I think um, there's no point in ever um, raising your voice. I mean, unless it's coming from joy and, and passion and all that. Like, there's no point in because I think like just yelling uh, in a, in a way is a, is a reaction. So. Um, having the ability to be aware of how your words, actions, energy is going to impact the other person and then choosing to respond instead of react. That's kind of been something I've been working on and also been a huge game changer in my relationships. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Reactivity is a big one. And I think the way in mm -hmm. which you respond to your relationships yeah. is the way in which you respond to life. <laughs> and so it's just, it's so intertwined mm -hmm. and, and such a reflection I, that's why, and that's why relationships to me are always so fascinating um, to study because I feel like the way in which you show up in your relationships really is how you show up in other areas of your life. As you were saying, you know, the correlation yeah. between relationships and business correlation between relationships and your commitment to your health, you know, like there's, there's so many other areas yeah. that it, it's such a, a mirror. Right. And I, and the partners that you choose also, I think there's something to be said about, just how powerful it is and how much more, I guess, particular people should be in, and not in a judging way, but just bringing in that, that philosophy that, you know, your relationships are mirrors that are going to show you parts of yourself that mm -hmm. you'll, Absolutely. you can't even discover. On um, your own. What, let me ask you this, you know, one of the other things that have been um, very topical these days is um, open relationships. And monogamy has kind of been on trial and there's a whole generation of people um, just having those conversations. What are your thoughts on that? Going to ask you the same question. <laughs> I'm not even, no, no. Like when you started talking about this, I was like, oh, okay, this is a good topic. And <laughs> I love that. I love that you turned the table on me. Okay, I'm just going to speak from my heart because that's all I can do. And it's only for myself. I don't judge what other people want to do in terms of, you know, how many partners they want to have, whether it's an open or committed relationship or whatever. I don't judge others. For myself, I feel my best when I know there's a closed, <laughs> committed to only myself and one partner. Yeah. That feels amazing to me. Now, when it comes to other people and what they are, you know, okay with or open to, again, I always go back to the same fundamental philosophy in that it no it's no one else's place to judge what goes on between two people in an intimate relationship. It is not fair that anyone else judge because they're not in that union. Now, again, I, I and this is why I say this, it just depends on those two people and what 
the only thing that matters is if they're on the same wavelength and there's trust and there's honesty and they're compatible in what both of their intentionality is within that union. That is the only thing I care about. So if person A, again, is only looking for a sexual partner and person B, and sorry, I should say in a non-committed relationship with, you know, a, a number of people, I'm not one to judge them. That's their choice for how they want to, you know, act in their relationships. But if person B over here is only interested in a monogamous, committed, long-term relationship it with one partner, which is person A, they're just yeah. not compatible. Um, I mean, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, I, I know there's a lot more, like I'm just saying in a nutshell, you know, version of my thoughts on that. But again, like I don't judge other people for wanting to be in an open relationship or not wanting to be in. I respect whatever their view is on that thing. It's like, but if say, for example, and I always bring it back to like, like I know what I'm okay with. And that goes back to my boundaries, my negotiables and non-negotiables from a partner. All that matters to me is finding someone in terms of my relationship with an intimate partner that I'm going to find someone who's compatible with that same yeah i mean so, so what you're saying is mindset, that um, I guess, you can only be physically active uh and intimate with one person like you like like you only want to share your heart with one person and vice versa yes i prefer to be right. in a monogamous committed relationship with one person at a time that's yes. that and to be sexual with one person in that relationship. So I guess in that sense, it would be a closed right. relationship to myself and that person. Yeah. That, um, if if I'm know, in I've a relationship. I've been in an open relationship. Um, I've only been, and I... Uh, yeah, I've, and I will say, sorry, if that's part of the question there, the, the curiosity, I, I have not been in an open relationship where I'm technically dating one person, but we're both free to be open and be right. sexual with other people. I'm on the same page person, as you been, there. Like, so have you, have you been committed to one person as kind of like with your heart, but then you're able to have sexual experiences with other people, but have a main person. Oh, okay. Right. No. Cause to me that, that kind yeah, of, that, that to me, that is an open relationship. If you're going to be having right. sex with other people, like that to me is very open. <laughs> so like I would say the people, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I think we're on the same page there. I, I mean, I would really love to know your thoughts because like, I'm so curious now that well, we open you know, this Pandora's box of this topic. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Like, unfortunately, man, you time. totally have no, the floor, John. Um, I, um, <laughs> you wouldn't I, okay, so I'll not do, do that. So, um, I've always been a hopeless romantic. Um, I've always been about monogamy. I, like you, have only been in long-term relationships. So, you know, um, when I was married, that was five years plus another five years before the marriage. Then there was like a lot of, you know, three-year stretches um, with a handful of, of, of women. And that just takes up my entire, you know, all the way to like, you know, my forties. And so I've never really like, um, dated for a long time. I've never, um, I haven't, you know, I, and I've wanted to really like date. And, and even before this relationship, um, I wanted to like, see what a one night stand would be like. And I was very open to like, you know, trying ecstasy and doing all these things that you always hear about that I kind of missed out on. Cause I was always in a, a monogamous relationship. And um, so I've never been in an open one, but I, I think at 46, depending on what lens I, I look at 
that I can actually start to talk about it, right? It doesn't mean that I want one. Um, I've never experienced one. So what's interesting to me is I think if I totally. look at it through like a physiological, biological lens, I don't, I think that we, we're sexual beings, you know, and I don't think that, that I think it's, we all crave uh, different yeah. sexual experiences. It doesn't mean that we choose to build a, a relationship with everyone that we want to sleep with. So um, if I look at it from a biological, uh, uh, totally. I think, you know, because I think, you know, marriage started off as a, a land negotiation. I think, I think, I think um, monogamy, part of monogamy, um, I don't think it's, it's, it came from biology or instinct. I think it came from um, blueprints and society and, and all of that. So, and also religion, right? So um, if you look at it through a biological lens, I think that we're all, you know, sexual beings and um, to share yourself sexually, have different experiences, I think uh, can be an amazing part of life, you know, depending on how you do it. And also to want that for your partner, which is very hard because we are possessive and jealous and all that. Um, if you could get there, I think that's great. Um, if you look at it through kind of like, can you love multiple people? Um, I, I don't think you can, but I also learned that open relationships isn't about loving multiple people. You have your main partner and then you're only, you know, you're only, you're having sexual experiences with other people. And of course there are, you know, whatever rules that you guys decide, maybe, you know, your, your partner has to approve and all of this, but you're only giving your heart to one person. So when I found, when I found that out, then I was like, Oh, I don't, I, maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but if you're looking at from like, um, how deep can you love one person? And, you know, I, I like, I personally can't share my heart with like five people at one time. You know, um, I, I like the commitment. I love mm -hmm. the, um, I, I think it's, uh, it's about depth, not width, you know, and I think you could, um, only hit the high notes when you've been with someone for a, a, a you know, really committed and been on a journey with someone. Um, that being said, there, there's also part of me that feels like today at 46, um, the more you're secure with yourself and you don't see love as possession, I think you'll be more open to different types of relationships. So I don't know if that means, you know, open or poly or whatever. Um, because at the end of the day, you, it's a conversation totally. and you want your partner to be happy and fulfilled. And if you don't, then there's possession there. You know? Totally. When I look at relationships, whether it's my own or another's, to me, it's like, I think when you were talking about all these different scenarios, the, the number one thing that needs to be present, I think, in a relationship, aside from, you know, the, the, uh, the traits of like trust and honesty and respect and love and, oh, yeah, and those absolutely. things, it starts with communication. Because if, if, if you aren't able to communicate what you want to your partner, y'all, well, I'm sorry, y'all are going to fail. <laughs> like if there's not conscious conversation and communication going on, like, it's it really ha that has to be present so that you guys even know what the heck you want, and like that goes back to the compatibility for me, because if if person A and person B are not talking to one another, they're not going to be able to even com they they can't they won't even be able to communicate their boundaries and what they do want or don't want or, or figure out solutions to yeah. to be you know, with I mean, one, one another one and to even know if they're like, on the same page. Um, how do you prevent yourself? from not having feelings or falling in love with someone else if you're um, just, if you're physically intimate with them sexually. So that's, well, I don't know yeah, that's someone, how, someone well, can say, how do well, you do that, guy, John? And guys can do that. And um, 
But can, I, can I guys think, do that? Is that a misconception? I think it's easier for guys to do it when they're 20 and it just takes the breeze for them. You know, like I think it when you're just a walking hormone and, you know, you're young, um, I think um, you can detach emotion and sex. I, I think uh, easier than, you know, me at 46, like I need you to, um, I need to have an intelligent conversation and like be held, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's a whole different. And so um, I don't think today, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, maybe I've never tried it, but um, I think that would be a struggle is like, you know, if you have your primary, how do you stay with your primary when you're allowed to have um, sexual contact with other people? Can't that sexual contact then turn into an emotional thing and suddenly you're private. well that, yeah like literally as you're speaking this that's yeah. totally what's going through my heart and my mind right now my even my spirit like i just i totally am like with you on this journey that we're talking about you, right you now because be, it's like you, how you would have to be so connected i know that it's possible to communicating with your primary that 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 doesn't happen and there would have to be, you know, um, checks and balance. You, because you, you, once people are secretive, then you can emotionally drift easily. Totally. And it also makes me question too. It's like, well, then what's the point of being in a relationship? Or what, like, in a sense, there's going to be that band camp where people are like, well, if you're just going to sleep with a bunch of people, I mean, is it just because, you know, you want to kind of attach yourself to one person, but have the luxury or like the, the freedom, I guess, to to you know go and explore sexually and and yeah there's so many questions that come up with this because then it's like but is it fair to expect one person right, right. to satisfy and, all your needs like like this is such a pandora's it's a really I mean, fascinating topic magical and exciting about just the human exchange and maybe it's a conversation maybe it's just um hugging or kissing or some kind of intimacy maybe it's not sex you know but we get that dopamine and you know like we could fall in love with someone every day right and that's why i always go back to like i do i again i think that different like and, and so no pun intended mm -hmm. here different strokes for different folks just gonna say that i totally think so when it comes to relationships it, it, to each their own as long as they're not and i always you know say the caveat of as long as you're not really hurting yourself or somebody else, you know, whatever works for you is what works for you. But it certainly does bring up a lot of questions. And I think that conversation starts with first off yourself. And then with if, if you are engaging in a partnership with somebody. Yeah, I, think I mean, it's an interesting to topic. To it's, just very, it's been very topical in my world with relationship. Completely. I think on social media, too, I've noticed this trend of people being way, no, again, no pun intended, but just way more open about open yeah. relationships. Whereas even, you know, I'd say even a year or well, two ago, like it wasn't, it was it's, so hush -hush I think it's a generational thing. About I it, think and now the, it's the, so everyone out coming there. up today, um, they're trying to get away from any blueprints and create their own life. And I think that's exciting. You know, the, the days of the picket fence and the Norman Rockwell painting and all that is, is fading. And so it's, you know, it, it, it's happening not only in relationships, but also like, you know, our careers and that we could with the internet now build anything and like the invention of influencers. And mm -hmm. so um, it, it, it's all just 
the world changing. And it's uh, if you have resistance to it, then you're going to create your own prison. So um, talking about it and challenging yourself of you know your resistance and looking at what what comes up, I think is going to only help you stretch and grow and and have an open mind. To cap things off, John, what um, are you most excited the, uh, about that's the, coming up for you? The new dating app that is uh, anti-swipe and disrupting swipe culture, hopefully, and getting you to connect to yourself. Um, but also, uh, journey coaching. Um, we are ICF certified. It's JRNI coaching, and we've certified over um, 500 coaches. The explosion of coaching, you know, you don't have to go become a therapist to help people. So just that whole landscape and me doing everything I can to to help people help people. I'm super excited about that. And then finally, um, I have a new book coming out. It's uh, by Harper Collins slash Harper One, and it's called Single on Purpose. Beautiful. And John, because this is Pave Your Paradise podcast, what does life, paradise mean to you? Um, designing a life that's honest to you. Mm, that is a beautiful definition. And how can I and the audience oh of gosh, listeners serve I've never, you? I've never gotten that kind of question way? before. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that. I, I think that you are um, serving me um, by having this conversation and anyone listening is serving me by listening to our dialogue and that's enough. And last but certainly not least, where is the best place that uh, the listeners uh, out angry there can find com, you the and learn more about what and you do? At the Angry Therapist on Instagram. And then if you're interested in life coaching is jrnijourney.co. Bless you for your beautiful words and wisdom today. John, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that you oh, are going you for to having have me. It was a, a pleasure. Paradise filled uh, rest keep of your day. Creating a dialogue, it's great. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on social media. As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light and keep shining.